Welcome to episode two of the Meaning Makers podcast. As we discussed in episode one, meaning makers are individuals who seek to create meaningful, positive impact in the world by using their gifts and talents to help others. Many meaning makers often push through trials and tribulations, and from what seems like the ashes of their life, they emerge to make the world a better place. And it's kind of the difference between the hero story and the villain story. Think about your favorite comic or your favorite movie. And both characters go through excruciating pain in their backstory of loss, of hurt, of grief. And the difference is that the villain decides that the world is evil and that everyone else deserves to feel the same pain that he felt. While the hero decides that there is good in the world. And that he doesn't want anyone else to feel the pain that he felt. So his dedicated life's journey is towards making sure that no one else feels the way he felt. And he understands that it can flourish and prosper when other people are given the platform to see themselves in that good. I think of the very last Batman movie in the Christopher Nolan series, The Dark Knight Rises. And you see the potential character of Robin that Joseph Gordon-Levitt is playing, and he sees that there can be better good in the world than just being a police officer, that there's something more that he can be. He sees himself that he can create the good. And I think representation is important, but what we attach to so often to these heroes and to these villains is not their skin color or their persona, but the characteristics that they play out. Right? Like when I think of Superman, I think of strength. I want strength. When I think of Batman, I want the ability to beat up people with my hands. When I think of Tony Stark and Iron Man, I think of the intelligence that he has to, and using it for good instead of evil. Meaning makers see that good in the world, they see the characteristics that are needed to actually make an impact. And I've found it fascinating when looking at humans and studying psychology, that humans are really the only species that live below their intended purpose. And when we see an animal living below its intended purpose, as and by that I just mean they're not doing what they're designed to do. Like a chicken that can't lay eggs or a cow that can't produce milk, alarm bells start to go off in our head and they tell us that something is wrong. There's something not right. The purpose of the animal is not being fulfilled. But humans, we, we don't notice it until it's extremely noticeable. And typically, this is when we put them in disordered categories. Humans were created to create and experience meaning. We were created to have hope, but how many of those hopes have died at the feet of rejection? We were created to live in love, but how much of that love has been left on the table in the face of fear? I think of the world's view of normal. You know, I hear this narrative that the world tells you to either follow along with society's view of normal or just be complacent. You know, if you're not going to follow where we're going, just be on the sideline. Don't be in the game. We don't want you to be our opposition. We just want you to support us, but don't ever play against us. And so society's view of normal, I think, is closer to evil than it is to good because it communicates to you that if you step out 
if you step out of the box and you live at your intention level, you are abnormal. You are the opposition. You're someone who actually shouldn't even be playing. You are the enemy. And to someone who's just starting out, whether an entrepreneur or just graduating high school, whatever you're starting, when you start to feel that call inside of you, that can insinuate a lot of fear. And it can be a major leap, a major gap to bridge. It can be a crossroads between fear and courage. And if you've never seen courage displayed before, your default setting can be to hide behind fear and claim it as you're just keeping the status quo. But the thing is, I've never known anybody to do anything extraordinary by being normal. Meaning makers don't make meaning because they're ordinary. They make meaning and they do extraordinary things because they choose to take the extraordinary step. It's that extra that you have to do. <clears throat> now, all that to say, meaning makers are not always happy and joyful. That's not the point of this. It's not the point to say that you have to be happy and joyful all the time. But what meaning makers choose to do is they are committed to impacting the world positively despite their mood. No matter how they wake up that day, they are committed to impacting the world because happiness is fleeting and it comes as a byproduct of experience. And we can't always choose to be happy, but we can choose how we react to the emotions we feel in the moment. Now, I want to spend the next few minutes kind of going through examples of meaning makers in the past and in the present, just so you can get a glimpse of what it looks like to be one. These three examples are people who have done great work, and it might seem lofty to compare their work to what you can do, but here's the thing. The loftiest of mountains were always climbed with the first step. The biggest wall and the smallest wall were the same at one point. It was just the first brick being laid. So are you going to continue to lay the bricks? and build a tall wall or a small wall. They're all the same at the beginning because it's always the first step. It, it's the steps that you choose to take that propels you towards your goals, and anyone who tells you otherwise is lying. Your action will always be the thing that shows others and shows yourself what's truly important to you. So examples of some meaning makers would be <clears throat> the first example, and it's really hard not to mention this guy because he has a famous book all about meaning. And the first guy is Viktor Frankl. Now, Viktor Frankl wrote a book titled Man's Search for Meaning. And if you don't know who Viktor Frankl is, um, he was an Austrian psychiatrist and a Holocaust survivor. He most in this book, Man's Search for Meaning, he talks about his time in concentration camps and what it was like to be around these um, Jewish people who knew that their death was impending and that he wasn't sure when his death would be. But he came to realize that his will to live and the meaning to which he attributed life could not be taken away from him. He realized that even though his physical surroundings were being dictated by other people, even whether he would live or die was being dictated by someone else, he still understood that in his mind, 
that what he attributed to the meaning of the world could not be taken away from him. And I am reminded of a philosopher in the 16th, 17th century named Rene Descartes. <clears throat> and Descartes has a series of books that are made famous. They're called The Meditations. And in these meditations, he's trying to discern and just seek wisdom on what is actually real. During this time of philosophy, it was a big metaphysical time of what is beyond us. Are we real? Our perceptions, are they actually what they're telling us they are, or are they just fooling us? And so he goes through these, these meditations and comes to the realization that my eyes could be deceiving me. What I think is pink could be green. What I think is a tree could be something else. My hearing can be taken away from me or it could be distorted and I wouldn't know it. So he goes through these meditations and eventually he gets to a point at the end of book three where he realizes and says a famous statement. He says, I think, therefore I am. And this is a huge piece of Viktor Frankl's work. And I think there's seeds from Descartes on or this is kind of where the seeds of autonomy and mindset come in. Because no matter what, the fact that you are thinking and breathing means that you are a being. And I think Viktor Frankl is getting at that. He's getting at the fact that even though my physical surroundings are being dictated by someone else, I'm a thinking being and therefore I can choose what to think about and how to react to the situation. It's, it's huge. And so from this, from this will to live that he realizes, he shares it with inmates and he begins to positively impact those inmates. And then obviously he eventually gets out of the concentration camps. He writes this book and goes on to do many other things. But I want to read two of his most famous quotes um, that have really stuck with me and have stuck with other people. And these kind of encapsulate um, really his theory of change his theory of psychology. It's called logotherapy. And it's this idea of searching for meaning. The first quote is, everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of his human freedoms, to choose one's attitude in any given circumstances and to be able to choose one's own way. The second quote, between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. Our response lies, in our response lies our growth and our freedom. Frankl's work has gone on to impact millions of people in their search for their own meaning, and he is the embodiment of a meaning maker. The next person I want to talk about is C.S. Lewis. He is a famous author and theologian who wrote more than 30 books the most famous of those books was a collection of books called The Chronicles of Narnia. If you haven't read it yet, oh, please, you have to go read it. It's a wonderfully poetic story that weaves Christianity into every page. And it's, it's so good. You got to read it. Other notable books would be Mere Christianity and The Problem of Pain. Even though C.S. Lewis is most famous for being a Christian, he was actually a staunch atheist for much of his early life. And it wasn't until J.R.R. Tolkien argued for the existence of God with C.S. Lewis that he began to become a Christian. 
And one, I can only imagine what those conversations were like. To be in a room with C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien talking about God, but also talking about the Lord of the Rings and Narnia before they were even written. And I think J.R.R. Tolkien, that's hard to say, I think that in one of his memoirs about his life, he talks about how C.S. Lewis and him would go back and forth on their ideas on those two um, books. And C.S. Lewis would give him ideas for Lord of the Rings and vice versa on the Chronicles of Narnia. And I think that's so cool. It's, it's a real iron sharpened ironing moment. And Tolkien talks about how one of his greatest achievements per se in life was impacting C.S. Lewis to become a Christian. But C.S. Lewis is a great example of someone with incredible intellect and creativity and using it to capture the imagination of others, steering their lives in the direction of new possibilities that they probably hadn't thought of yet. C.S. not only made meaning, but he pointed it all back to the ultimate meaning maker. You see, one thing that <clears throat> I believe in is uh, I'm a Christian and one thing I believe about meaning makers is that in the Bible, in Genesis, you see that God creates humans. And he creates man, he creates woman. And there are two things that he does, he orders human beings to do after that. The first one is to bestow meaning. So he tells Adam to name all of the animals, to bestow meaning upon the earth. And then Eve comes along. And he then orders them to be fruitful and multiply, to create meaning. So humans are meant to bestow and create meaning as our primary purpose. And C.S. Lewis really understood that and weaves a lot of meaning maker into his books, into his series of Chronicles of Narnia. And his whole entire goal was to point it back to God. The third meaning maker I want to talk about is Elon Musk. He is a great present day example of a meaning maker. There are a ton of other examples, but I picked him out because he's so well known and so widely known. And Elon is most known for creating and leading companies like X, Tesla, Starlink, SpaceX, Neuralink, so many others. And in several interviews he's done, I find it fascinating that he could be incredibly egotistical. He could be self-centered. He could say that he's doing it all for himself, almost like a mad scientist, but he doesn't say that. He admits that his drive is to make humanity a better place. He wants to advance civilization beyond where we are now and explore new realms of possibility. Elon cares about the free enterprise of society and the ability for anyone to choose their own destiny. Elon is in the business of making meaning and facilitating the meaning-making of others through design and platform. Elon definitely satisfies the qualities of a meaning-maker. And what I want you to hear is, you don't have to be these men. Meaning-making can be done on a micro level and a macro level. It's just really easy to provide examples on the macro level, but so much meaning can be made on the micro level in your friend groups, in your families, at your workplace, positively impacting people is a true marker of a meaning maker. And all three of these examples that I just read give us a glimpse into what it looks like to be a meaning maker. It's finding your gifts and talents and using them to drive growth and change for the betterment of others. In spite of circumstance, all of these people rose 
above the noise and they rose above that noise that tells them that they can't do something. I've been there. I've expressed an idea and someone has told me, well, that's a terrible idea. When it's not about that. There's a quote I heard recently and I hate that I'm forgetting the guy's name, but he was on a podcast with Andrew Huberman and he talks about how creating, you're not creating anything for anyone else. You're creating something that you are genuinely satisfied with. The art of creating isn't about creating for other people and if they're going to like it or not. The art of creating is you are willing something out of yourself into existence. And it's something that you get to mold into what you want it to be. And if you are satisfied with that, that is the only thing that matters at the end of the day. And if the purpose of what you created is to help other people, then find the people it's going to help. Just because it doesn't help one person doesn't mean it's not going to help someone else. It's so interesting how all three of these people are considered geniuses. They're considered intellectually superior, but so often we just stop there and we don't recognize that their hard work and perseverance is actually what made them a meaning maker. Hard work will beat talent any day of the week. Hard work and perseverance will be intellect any day of the week. When you get to the level that they're at, it's not just the intellect that matters. It's not just the hard work. It's the obsession. And meaning makers are obsessed with creating something that will positively impact other people. I'm certain that each one of these people at some point faced a tremendous level of fear, but they chose to continue anyway. Fear, I've found, often dictates our boundaries of freedom. It draws the lines for which, for where we might go or where we might not go. And transversely, fear can also be a great indicator of maybe where you need to move next. Maybe you need to push out the boundaries of possibility because it's been fear that's been holding you back. Again, go back to the beginning of the episode. So often it's that keeping the status quo it's staying safe that's keeping us in our boundaries when really those words we're just using because we're afraid. We don't want to take that next step. One of the biggest levers of change in any part of your life, if you want to make change, one of the biggest levers to pull is really right on the other side of a few hard conversations or decisions. A meaning maker is willing to face those, it's willing to face that fear in order to positively impact the world. I appreciate you. I thank you for watching or listening. I am a big believer that you are only one decision away from changing your life. And with that, let's go make some meaning.